Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and this is the Autopod Decepticast, your weekly podcast that delivers a minute-by-minute breakdown of the 1986 Transformers movie. This is episode 28, covering the 2701 to 28-minute mark. I am your host, Aaron, and I'm here with my duo of Diaclone Disciples. Yes, I am Ryan. I'm Caleb. And uh, last episode, no big deal, right? Prime died. Prime, yeah, Prime, that's, I mean, that's probably the roughest it's going to get. I mean, I know for sure it's the roughest it's going to get. You didn't have any little skit for us to do. I didn't, sorry. Well, all right, maybe next time. I didn't even write this intro until five <laughs> seconds ago, actually. Nice. I forgot it. Uh, we visited our old friend Unicron, who seems to have some kind of issue with the Autobot management shakeup. Either that or, like, indigestion, but he is upset. <laughs> He's upset about something. And we're catching up with the Decepticons, riding through space in Astrochain. What if Astro that was just, like, that yell was just um, the, a take that Orson Welles was like, I have to shit, and they just, like, well, recorded it in the bathroom. We use that for Unicron. I'm guessing that wasn't Orson Welles at all, but... The I mean, who could, it's pretty heavily um, tweaked, so who knows? Right. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. And we are catching up with the Decepticons who are riding through space in Astrotrain, who seems to have some kind of issue with his heavy cargo load. Mm-hmm. Speaking of shit, he could just shit him out, I guess. His, lo- his load? His load. He I just mean, transforms into a robot and everybody flies away. Right. All right, this is a good episode recap. So <laughs> going Jesus. right into uh, the current episode. Mm-hmm. So as we said, Astrotrain complains about his weight issue. Starscream takes on moderation duties really in this scene and and yeah. says that you know Astro Train says it's heavy how you guys feel about that and uh, <laughs> he's our, being diplomatic right but you know, diplomatic in that way that is also manipulative <laughs> like i think i know what everybody wants to do and i think it's i know how this is going to benefit me it's certainly not self-serving <laughs> right and then uh i can't remember uh, which construction so that's, is that I'm that's bone crusher bone crusher at 2704 to 06 says it's survival of the fittest a capital idea. If you're dead or dying, get the fuck out. Which is weird, too, of, like, they bo- bothered to rescue them, but then immediately are like, fuck them. Right. Yeah. Yep. Well, I suppose they didn't know that Astro Train would have these issues. These, I mean, uh, quote-unquote, the setup is issues. The setup is, I guess, all of them are stranded in space, or, or get rid of some weight. Where's Soundwave? He's, He's in here. In there. He's, He's in there. there. Don't he you worry about we, that. We, 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 there, I t- there's some to touch on about that He later. doesn't speak up? Yeah. About, okay. No. So, uh, Starscream then seeks validation of the motion. The Decepticons that are in shape are for it. That includes Soundwave, Soundwave, the Coneheads, they're pro. so weird. 
Uh, anti the motion are the Decepticons that are a little more worse for the wear. Yeah, and that is uh, Skywarp, Thundercracker, Shrapnel, Bombshell, and Kickback. Which, by the way, we haven't seen Bombshell no, until this, this very moment. No, this is the first time he shows up. Uh, welcome to the movie, Bombshell. Uh, it's so You'll be in it for very little. <laughs> <Yeah>. Starscream's <laughs> turning on his own. I know, isn't that cold-blooded? I have that too, of like the Seekers. Uh, he Like, okay, well, it's skipping ahead a little bit, but when it, at 2721... I don't know if you heard it, but when they're kicking him out of the, the the door, one of them says, brothers, don't. And I'm like, God yeah. damn. Yeah. That is haunting. And it's so cold-blooded, yeah, of a fellow Seekers to just kick him out. Insecticons, I get. The <laughs> regular Decepticons didn't ever really like or trust them. Right. But fucking Thundercracker and Skywarp have been like the OGs from the beginning. I know, I know. And, they, I mean, they're Starscream's direct reports. Yes, you know, he's so. their support, they're his <laughs> subordinates. And I would think the ones that hopefully would support him in leadership. But whatever. The, the other thing is, um, couldn't they have just... I mean, we haven't got to the part where they've been thrown out the window yet, but couldn't they have just done, like, chucked them out one by one until the math worked? <laughs> <laughs> no, like, start with the, start with, I don't know, uh, and then kickback. They, they, yeah, check, throw him out. they check in with uh, Astro Train. Was, Was that, that enough? <laughs> exactly. But um, also, I'm curious how the producers of this movie did the, made the decision as to who was going to be wounded and who was mm-hmm. not. Because. Dirge, Ramjet, and Soundwave were all gunned down by Optimus Prime. Yes. And in fact, uh, but they get to stay, they're going to get to stay aboard. Prime plowed into thrust at full speed, and mm-hmm. he looks fine. So, and we never even, to our earlier point, never even saw Bombshell. Bombshell. Or we don't see Thundercracker or Skywarp get fucked up either. That's true. Uh, but we do see Shrapnel and Kickback get pretty damn... I mean, they, mm-hmm. at every turn, got mm-hmm. the, the shit handed to them. I'm all on board. Get those guys out of there. They're <laughs> been dicks from the get-go That's anyway. Right. Um, but at any rate, so the eyes have it, as you might <laughs> assume based <laughs> on our conversation. And the healthy Decepticons immediately begin shoving their damaged associates... Out the hatch. Like, and I just mus- can't they muscle them out. Yeah. They're like, they like, yeah, they. Uh, yeah, as they do it, really, the cons that are in good shape are kind of berating them, right? They're like, make room for all this. Yeah, get out of here. And they, ch- and they chuck them out. So, a couple notes about the vocal recording sessions for that part. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you if we were to re-listen to it, the eyes and the nay part sound really weird. Like yeah, there's they sort are. of an odd like they don't sound like any character that we've ever heard before is speaking. And that's because it's really just sort of a generic thing. It's just that like they something they dropped in. in. It's right? nobody's yeah. voice. Like, yeah. So yeah, they, they don't match any of the Decepticons that are present because it's one single voice that's just been layered to sound like oh. lots of voices with both of those. So they dug into the the Foley catalog. Perhaps or, or maybe one was, person. What was his name? Burr or Oh, uh, Wally Burr. Wally perhaps, Burr was uh, just like, Yeah, I don't know who gets the credit for that. but And then the make room for others, though, is clearly uh, Ramjet, who voices Jack Angel, who we discussed uh, mm-hmm. re- in a recent episode. But then the brothers you don't. Jack Angel that voices Ramjet. Jack Angel voices Ramjet. Okay. And uh, I'm trying to bl- I'm blanking out. Who else did he voice that we even brought him up for? Uh, uh, oh, Ultra Magnus. Ultra Magnus. Oh, well, there yeah, we go. Yeah. Yeah. The, the in, in, the, in the cartoon. That's in the right. Cartoon, that's not right. in the movie. Uh, but, and then the Brothers Don't voice is just another generic voice, mm-hmm. and it's one that was used in other Transformers episodes. I don't know who it's really? credited to, but yeah. But, but yeah, anyway, 
if you really are nerds about it, like most people who enjoy this movie are, you notice that those voices are weird. They are weird. They don't make sense. That's brought up every time this scene is talked about, is how the voices don't match anybody at all. Brothers, don't! And I never even noticed that's what he was saying until I was in the headphones, and I heard, like, and it's so like, brothers, don't! It's rough, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Again, to me, I mean, I get emotionally involved in this, but it is fucking haunting. Right. So the dented up Decepticons are all thrown from Astrotrain into outer space. The animation on this entire sequence is not great nah. compared to other. Well, they were of the tired movie. from doing the Prime Death Scene. <laughs> yeah, they needed to. Because that's how things are animated in order, right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, shit. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they're animated in order of what we have finally decided is definitely going to be in the movie. Oh, yeah. So, like, maybe they animate the really good scenes and then uh, down. <laughs> sorry. What is happening? I'm playing We're chucking them out of Astro I'm sorry. I'm playing with, I'm playing with, I'm playing with my vintage uh, uh, bombshell just in the spirit of what's going on in the movie right now. There's an Astro Train down there, too. I don't know if that's yours or was Mike's, but. Mike's. Uh, anyway, go ahead. Sorry. I don't even remember what I was saying. So Starscream is carrying a marred Megatron to the ship's opening, and they exchange some parting words. I still function. No, well, I, I, let me not, hang on. Let I'm me not. let me start off with my oh, wonderful Starscream. Okay, great, person. great. Then I'll go. Uh, uh, oh, how it pains me to do this. I still function. What a bet, Starscream. <laughs> So Starscream releases Megatron. Okay. <laughs> oh, that was painful. <laughs> Starscream. Yeah, you can see Frank Welker's issue with I mean, working eight hours a day. It's yeah. not, though. He, he knows how to really do it, and I'm using I vocal cords that should not be used. I think it was still straining even sure. for him. Uh, oh, of course. I'm lost in a cave. I'm lost in a cave. <laughs> so Starscream releases Megatron into space. Megatron lets out his long, anguished yell as he falls beneath Astrotrain's wings into the abyss of space. The hatch door closes on Starscream, who doesn't look unhappy in that moment. He's it's weird. Pretty pleased. It's with almost himself. like it's his fucking wet dream. So, Jet, you're the physics guy. It mm-hmm. seems like Megatron wouldn't have plunged underneath Astro Train's wing, right? Shouldn't he have just floated at the same point I, at which Starscream released him? Well, I do have that note, and since we do know, we saw in the previous scene that Astro Train is under acceleration uh, for. Question mark. Um, so he would Megatron would fall behind since yeah. they're accelerating. He would continue at the same rate. Okay, uh, but he would not sweep under that wing. That's more physics of like under gravity and like in atmosphere being right. swept under that wing. So uh, I, you know, and again they fall down for no particular reason. Like right. whenever they throw them out, it, that doesn't make any sense. But it's a, that's a that's less of a problem than the previous episode where Astro Train is jettisoning quote unquote weight. Also, I'm just noticing this for the first time. What second are we at here? Uh, we're paused at 2725. Are those the bodies of the other Decepticons? Yeah, very interesting. So yeah, 2725, that's where Starscream is starting to walk Megatron towards the hatch. And you can see in the abyss of space already the silhouettes of, of the, uh, uh, the other Decepticons. Yeah, yeah, I've never noticed that before. Mm, I wonder if they're moving. Yeah. Oh, they yeah, are, they they're are. moving in unison. It's not a oh. very... Great it's, shot, but it's, it's still yeah. a nice yeah. added And it's good you pause it here, too. At 2726, we see there's a slight coloring error on Soundwave. His eyes are white uh, instead of red. Maybe he's just shocked, <laughs> like an anime character. Oh, I, he was... Uh... But this, to your point, Caleb, of, of Soundwave never speaking up, him being... In this movie, I feel like Soundwave 
is not the character he is in the show. I agree. Like, he doesn't do anything, really. And also, he, uh, in this scene in particular, does not seem to give a shit whether Megatron lives or not. He lacks any sort of... Like if you tell him to do something, he'll do it. He was a fierce Megatron loyalist, I would yeah. say, mm-hmm. on yeah. the cartoon. They never give any indication of that he has any des- designs for leadership or no, whatever. Yeah, weird at this I point. would think he that version of the character would have fought Starscream to not chuck Megatron. Yeah, yeah, out I would think door. so too. But no, I, I really think they kind of give Soundwave short shrift in this yeah, movie. I agree with you. Or maybe Soundwave is also is pragmatic, and he just is like, hey, Megatron's going to die. He sees like the t- way the tide's turning, and like right, I'm going to hitch my so. wagon to the winning star. Right, right. right. Well, thing, and Megatron just led them into defeat, so maybe politically Megatron is not... You'll have to excuse to me. Honest. Soundwave Sorry. survives into... like He's mm-hmm. in the later seasons, yes. right? No, so, he, yeah, he never dies in the show. Except for the, well, the Japanese. The Japanese, yeah. But he's brought right back to life yes. and called Sound Blaster, and he's black instead of blue. That's right. Okay. Like a bruise. But in general, no. And when Galvatron comes on the scene, not so much in the movie, but in the cartoon, he is a Galvatron loyalist. Mm-hmm. Galvatron. So like, maybe he He is, basically performs the same function down the line. So maybe he is like, whoever is running this show, I'll be on board. Right. Also, right. though... What He's a company he? man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a really yes man. <laughs> yeah. What is with Starscream's thumb at twenty seven, twenty eight? Oh, weird. That is terrible. Old, Unless I think honestly that may have. It doesn't look right though. I thought maybe it was supposed to be a part of Megatron's body, but I don't think so. No. The one great piece of illustration from this scene that has lots of bad illustration, in my opinion, is the scene at twenty seven thirty one where. Uh, Megatron is kind of lifting up and he says, I still function. Mm-hmm. It's not as good as the Optimus Prime close-up well, by any means. Well, because he's but moving is. a lot more than Prime was. Like, he they is. had static shots. Yeah. This is animated, so right. it's pretty it's awesome for being animated. It is true, yeah, but, yeah, but this is, so yeah, this is still, it, it's also not as good as the It's Over Prime shot. Honestly, that true. is the best Megatron damage shot, is the It's Over 100%. Prime shot. But this is, uh, the, the, this is pretty good. For at least for the context of the scene where everything yeah. else is kind of shoddy, mm-hmm. um, comparatively. Um, so uh, we've already discussed he gets thrown out the window. Starscream at that point, uh, after the hatch closes, Ooh. picks up the discussion <laughs> with Megatron out of the picture. He dusts his hands literally. Yeah, that is a really fu- like a uh, lot. There's a lot there's of a hand lot dusting of there. <laughs> like okay, that's enough Starscream. We get it. You're happy with yourself. He's, look how pleased he is. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is his moment to shine. And um, fucking shockingly, he nominates himself for leadership of the Decepticons. So weird. Right. <laughs> So he picks up the discussion, nominates himself. By the way, we're paused at 2746, where Starscream's just done kind of, you know, <laughs> patting his hands together. His left hand looks really weird to me. At first I thought, did they animate six fingers on that? It's, it's just, they're just splayed out in a really and, awkward and because fashion. It's, it's because like, of his blaster. And his yeah, blaster also, are, yeah. It's, yeah. It's a little funky looking, yeah. but... Hands um, in this movie come and go. Like, they're either great or fucking crazy right. weird. <laughs> Daniel's hands from earlier. That's right, from the, like, holding the scanner. crippled hands. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so, Starscream nominates himself. And, of course, that's highlighting the trope of him being a sniveling snake with delusions of grandeur. But the Constructicons, at least Scrapper, oh, yeah. who I believe is the leader of the Constructicons, also have a different opinion. They step up and uh, they assert that they, uh, as as a combiner uh, that turns into Devastator, who at this point we don't know of any other Decepticon combiners, mm-hmm. although they do exist, but their argument is they're the most powerful, they should rule. And Which so is they throw like, their hat in the ring. LOL, on this one. no. 
<laughs> Devastator's a fucking moron. Right, right, right. It's interesting. The Autobots have an order of secession. Why don't the bad guys have an order of secession? I There's feel no like distinct the, second in command. I mean, I guess Starscream is is always been kind of the second in command. Because they're bad guys. Well, they're I, morally corrupt. Here's my yes. thoughts: is under a strong leader, uh, the line of like um, who is in charge is clear. But in the absence of that, there's a power vacuum uh, where everybody's throwing their like trying to do a coup. It's what so about Kim Jong Il, Kim Jong Un? Well, that you have a family line, yeah, but then in like, but I, I see it in like in political terms in like a, a country where there is a very strong dictator, and then all of a sudden he's gone. All the like uh, lieutenants around him vie for power and want to take it over because it's not really clear who should be, you know. Because that's the way dictatorships, right. organizations work. I just feel like that's what this is. Yeah, I'll go with it. Although I would say that I feel like Decepticons are more bought into a cause than being forced to fight for a cause because of a dictatorial, political thing. But, you know, whatever. It is what it is, mm-hmm. movie. And that's the end of the minute. Is yep. That is Scrapper uh, maintaining that his team should be in charge of this. Um, before I go into voice actors, anything else you want to talk about related to this scene? Uh, no, I, that's, good, good, for the, good, that's good for the specific minute. All right, so I'm going to go into a voice actor, guys, and it's a, a gentleman by the name of Michael Bell, and I'm going into him because he's the voice of Scrapper, Okay. and I'm glad we get to talk about him because he actually is a Transformers god that uh, didn't really get a lot of voice time in this movie, but in addition to Scrapper, he did Bombshell, uh, Brainstorm, First Aid, he did Random Junkions, he did Swoop, but he's best known. He was the guy that did Prowl and oh. Sideswipe. Wow. Uh, but listen up, shitheads. <laughs> that, <laughs> wasn't right. his, that wasn't his only role oh, in life. This guy was the voice of Duke in G.I. Joe, oh, in addition to Zamont, Blowtorch, and numerous other G.I. Joe characters. So oh, nice. this guy has got the serious lead uh, or major character credibility. Yeah, he's also, we've talked a lot about Voltron today, maybe not on mic, but uh, Lance and Sven in the original Voltron. Mm. In Smurfs, he's grouchy, lazy, handy. He's been in (laughs) Scooby-Doo, Garfield. Wait a minute. None of us can forget about those scenes with Handy. It was blue. I can't believe it made it on air. Blue. Blue. (laughs) (laughs) So... Uh, other, he did lots of other roles, kind of utility roles, Scooby-Doo, Garfield, DuckTales, Mr. T, I forgot that he had a cartoon show. <laughs> he did, whoa, I'm sure. All right. That doesn't surprise me. So Now, do you think that he, after voicing, uh, this movie was the one who went to the people who did G.I. Joe and was like, hey guys, maybe don't kill Duke, <laughs> maybe he lives. I mean, I'm just sad. He's know. in a coma. <laughs> <laughs> He's fa- he, he slipped into a coma. He does those awkward background voices that are. <laughs> That's right. He cared. He's in a coma. He's like the brothers don't version of the GI Joe movie. Uh, brothers don't. Duke's in a coma. Brothers. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, he also. So his list of animation and, and video games. I mean, he's done so many video games. Uh, I'm a Metal Gear fan, so mm-hmm. it's fun to know he played a character in Metal Gear. I think it's three, the one where it's back in time in Vietnam mm-hmm. called the Fear. Uh, he. We've mentioned other people who did voices yeah, for the Metal Gear yeah, series. Yeah, there has as well. been a lot. 
Uh, most of them not super main character. That's probably one of the more main characters. But did live action. He was on Three's Company, Charlie's Angels, Dallas, Get Smart, Gomer Pyle, Mash, Mission Impossible, Remington Steel, The Monkees. He played. He has a distinction of playing three characters on two different Star Trek series. He was in the first episode of The Next Generation. He played a character called Zorn. I don't know if that rings a bell for you nerds. I don't remember who that is. But he's in the inaugural episode, and he played a couple different characters in Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine is the only one that I didn't care for, uh, but that was a thing of like the the uh, Star Trek series was they it, like the way they did with NBC rotated people throughout sitcoms. Uh, Star Trek was very like in, not, to, not incestuous is not the word, but they mm-hmm. they rotated people in sure. and out all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and yeah, Star like, Trek, uh, Star uh, Trek Next Generation was a huge platform for character rotation. Oh yeah, and 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 probably um, let's like. Let's put him in a Star Trek episode. Let's see how he does. Mm-hmm. And even the um, uh, original Star Trek, the original series, uh, the whenever they f- we first see the Romulans, the who uh, the actor who plays the leader of the Romulans later plays Spock's father. Oh yeah, that's right. Wow. So, and I'm uh, guessing. Well, I'm guessing in Deep <laughs> was Deep Space Nine more because it was so. Uh, it's, it feels like it was less centered around human characters to a degree. It, I wonder if he be, played characters with a lot of makeup, so he was able to, sure. to be two different characters. Yeah, Days Night was easily. the one that, and the only reason I didn't really care for it is it's very, it gets very philosophical yeah. and very like um, uh, spiritual, and I'm just like, I'm not here for this. Well, I just, <laughs> and I just got to the point where, I mean, I loved The Next Generation, and mm-hmm. I just, but I watched a lot of Deep Space Nine. Because of the characters from Next Gen? Yeah, but as, was it set in the same general timeline? Yeah, same. same yeah. yeah, but as but as that universe kind of expanded, and and I just quite frankly, I just lost interest and moved mm-hmm. on other things. But that, either way, it, it, it was, was a hit show though. Wasn't oh it? yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's beloved. It's just not my yeah. cup of tea. Yeah, anyway. gotcha. Well, Michael Bell. Yes. One other interesting thing about uh, him, he, which you have to be our age to appreciate this, but no, not many generations you younger. Be, you can't be any other age. <laughs> That's right. He you was have the to voice, be thirty-nine. He was the voice of Butter in the Parquet commercial. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm making a note to put that on the website. <laughs> Butter. Uh, I think he did it for the first set of commercials, and somebody else took it over for some reason. That's but at any rate, right there, and at the spry age of seventy-nine, Mister Bell is alive yes. and working. Yay! Yay! He's done a lot. He's done a handful of conventions. Uh, so that's what I've got. Also, really quick note: Bone Crusher spoke in this, and he's voiced by Neil Ross, who we previously discussed in a good amount of detail as the voice of Springer. So Neil Ross got a couple of got a couple nice hits in this movie as well. You got so, a hit, baby. That's right. All right. Well, let's go in. <laughs> okay. So, listeners, I have a lot, but I guarantee it is not boring. It is amazing, the deviations at this moment. Okay, so, we're in deep space. Um, Astrotrain is uh, zooming in from a great distance to fill the screen. We hear muffled whispering, which becomes a roar of argument inside Astrotrain, as the others are vying for the leadership role. So far, so good. It's the same. Everybody's arguing. Uh, they actually start fighting, though. Like, Scavenger is trying to throttle Starscream, who has his knee on Dirge's throat while Dirge is kicking out at Scavenger as Ramjet is shoving Soundwave in the background. Oh, God. And then um, Starscream says... It's just a barroom rumble. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, and it goes on for pages. Mm-hmm. Like, um, uh, Starscream says, we shall decide our future leadership as soon as Megatron is enshrined in the Decepticon Hall of Heroes. Oh, wait a minute. So Megatron... 
Cybertron, for context, is not being kicked off the jet. Nobody gets kicked off. Oh, okay. They take right. him to Cybertron. Okay. Yeah. Right. And, the, and so the, Megatron is still alive, or is he dead? No, he's alive. Okay. He's still alive. And they take him to the hall, or they're taking him to the Hall of Heroes, and not one millibleep before. And um, uh, so basically, there's they continue to fight, and the Megatron says, "Wait, I still exist. While I function, I alone rule." Hear me, Decepticons, I am still your leader. And they're like, fuck all that. <laughs> we don't hear any of that shit. Uh, and so that we move towards Cybertron spiraling toward the Mechano planet, which is an awkward phrase, down past the orbiting moons from a different angle, so we're not passing the Autobot munitions factory. Uh, they descend past, this is weird, metal sawtooth mountains and machined plateaus, ball-bearing waterfalls. No. Ball bearing Don't waterfalls. do this. <laughs> ball bearing waterfall. Waterfalls of ball bearings because, sure, that makes sense. That feels like and something co- Michael Bay would do. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Transformers yeah. movie. Cog, cog rivers. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> rivers of oil or something. Well, that would have been more sense. That does actually make more sense. So we go down toward a huge metallic equivalent of a classical rock cut mausoleum. It is the Decepticon Hall of Heroes. Woo! I want to go there. How, uh, much is, how much is admission? Well, I don't know if you do, because the, uh, as Astrotrain Lanes lands, the hall looks like a mechanicistic, art deco, high-tech version of the Albert Speer design setting for Hitler's Nuremberg Party Rally. <laughs> and well, I guess... That makes sense. It makes sense. It makes perfect sense. I guess I get it. They're bad guys, but I'm like, whoa. <laughs> And if you look at that picture of that, oh my um, god! I will throw up a picture of it on something, not not social media, because no way. But um, it it does look good, but maybe just pick another thing to reference. Um, so well, we, it did not get included in the final. No, cuts. well, this is this all involves hey, can like we uh, maybe uh, get rid of all the allusions to Nazism. Maybe we don't talk about the Nazis. I don't know. I'm just fucking saying. Um, so we go down a semicircular colonnade. Um, the columns are constructed of eerie light emitting carved metallic crystalline substance, glowing coldly. Um, and basically, inside the half ring, there are huge columns. Uh, a statue is set in a coffin-like stone niche, and each statue has a coffin that rests on a pedestal inside. Each pedestal is a glowing niche, in, a lot of niches, in which rests the life spark of each Decepticon that is uh, representative of that uh, of that person. The Decepticon life sparks are something like the Autobot life spark we saw in Optimus Prime, only their light is a cold, greenish, baleful glare, and their forms are indistinct and ghostly, shimmering and uncertain. So presumably it's like the tiny Optimus Prime that was mm-hmm. transferred to Ultra mm-hmm. Magnus. That's the same thing that you're seeing in this. Are there any recognizable Decept... Probably not, because we don't go into Decepticon history lineage. in the cartoon as much as you do Autobot lineage. Right, right? no, they don't mention anybody <laughs> specifically, um, and then the, the, everybody piles out of Astrotrain, and they're still arguing. Starscream says... You simpletons must... That's terrible. You read this. Nah, you're good. You You simpletons must choose me. (laughs) That's right. And And Caleb hangs his head. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm I'm itching my eye. (laughs) Okay, sure. Um, Still arguing. I'm going to skip a lot because there's a lot of fucking arguing and fighting. Megatron in voiceover, weakly shouting over the den, Help me. My (laughs) life spark is flickering and so they're just fighting and he's off to the side like a pile of garbage <laughs> just dying alone and sad even yeah. sound wave won't go over i mean I, I will console you megatron yeah i even feel a little bad for megatron in this you must place my life spark in the urn and deliver it to my resting place 
nah, there's still more fighting. And um, uh, the their, uh, Megatron reaches out to touch Bone Crusher, who's grappling with Thrust and Hook, uh, trying to stab or blast each other. My life, Spock, quickly, before it escapes into eternity. And um, we move into the shot. They're still fighting. And, okay. As we move to the shot, blasts Hook with weapon, kick, I don't understand this verbiage, but kicks Dirge viciously but gets a thrust from a brazier stand which Dirge uses like a lance. This makes Starscream spin back, his blaster firing, firing wildly, breaking another hero statue which falls over on Megatron. So they're just like roughing up the joint. Oh yeah, it's they're like, fucking this shit up. Like why would they choose to have this battle in the sacred Decepticon shrine because they're just so they don't give a fuck about they anything except they certainly do give a fuck about something. They built the shrine in the first place. They went, yeah, to, the trouble to, they went to the trouble to get there too. <laughs> exactly to to intern allegedly Megatron. Megatron's life spark, which is like just... let's intern that and battle outside the place. Right? How about that? Have yeah, some respect, you no. fuckers. Nope. And the falling statue from Megatron's POV, he screams. As the broken statue crushes and breaks Megatron into a thousand metal shards and a shower of sparks and smoke, out of which Megatron... Whoa! Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> out of which Megatron's life spark suddenly rises with Tiny a... Tiny little glowing Megatron? That's right. <laughs> okay, all right. Rises with a ghostly, pitiful wail and joins an ascending stream of ghostly life sparks. We follow Megatron's life spark, which is brighter and more distinct than the others as it moves to the lead of the quote-unquote pack. Below, the battle for leadership still goes on, but we leave the sounds of battle and argument behind to move up, up, up. So the broken statues are the, are the life sparks that are traveling with him that are more, less distinct than he is. And so this is the equivalent of throwing them out of the shuttle. Instead of their now, bodies, it's the life sparks. So those life sparks will make oh. them a unicron? Mm-hmm. Well, wow. in a different way, but uh, yeah. Oh, so there's okay. more. There's, there's more. more. Hold oh, on this. This is like two different movies that it's crazy. Uh, now we're following. I <laughs> yeah. love this. I love these deviations. Uh, do I have anything? Let me see here. Um, I really don't, actually. I don't. This is crazy. They scrapped all that? What, what I have is pretty legit to this. The only thing that is different, that it's not really that different, is that um, Megatron, sh it makes a specific note of Megatron shaking his fist as he's sucked into space, which I could see as an <laughs> animator. It's like a moment that you're not really going to pick up on that no. much. But supposedly he's like, Starscream! And shaking his fist <laughs> as he goes up. But that's it. Other than that, mine was pretty aligned to what is on the screen. If there, I would just say to the listener, if you have any connection to any storyboards or anything that might be connected yeah. to this craziness, oh, yeah. would love to see that. I don't know if any exist, but I don't know uh, if there are storyboards of any of that, but it is, uh, I mean, Nazis, Decepticon Sparks. Yeah, it'd be great. A statue falling on Megatron who shatters, shatters into a million pieces. pieces. Yes. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Incredible. Okay. Well, you guys have anything else on this episode? Uh, just the, we could just do the iconic moment. Oh, hey, it's time for the... Iconic. Hey, everybody. It's time for that iconic moment. Goodbye, new listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. I'm going to come up with a new tag every time. Since we won't oh, do an official God. tag, I'm going to cut that that Ryan will cut out. <laughs> you, well, you you're you're pinning your hopes on this this uh, iconic moment thing. I, I want something really vaudevillian, Caleb. I want it to be like uh, you know, real, real songy dancing. <laughs> 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 it's time for that iconic moment. <laughs>
Hot attack. <laughs> the, the hook that comes and comes up, up the stage. Yeah, yeah. That's the animated version. And, of I can, and actually, that's a, a an Apollo reference, I think. Or no, there's the guy on the Apollo. There's the famous swept off the, the stage. clown that would come up and be like. It's not really a oh, is it not a clown? Okay, no. I've never seen it in person. Like I just know that there's a character. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. The janitor character. Huh. I forget his name, but yeah, yeah. if you do or, poorly or, at the Apollo, you get you, you get shoved up. He would also dance stage. you off the stage. Oh, is that right? Dance you off the stage. So the Apollo was the original Gong Show. It seemed. <laughs> yes. uh, right. The Gong was a broom. <laughs> I will work up something. You don't have. You don't have to, honestly, uh, unless you're the spark of inspiration. I think maybe shrine this idea. <laughs> If he hates what you're doing enough, he might actually work something out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe something better. I'll something actually something good. Out. All right. So uh, what is your iconic moment of this? Um, uh, I think for me, it's, I think the brothers don't. It has to be the brothers don't because that is, I, I don't know, I never, until we start doing the show, I did not know that's what he said there mm-hmm. or recognize it again because, you know, listening in headphones, you catch a lot more. And when I heard it, I'm like, Jesus, like that is upsetting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I think is, for me, that's the moment. Right. What do you think, Caleb? <coughs> Caleb's dying. I'm okay. Uh, for some reason, the part where the nays go, nay, that seems very... Um, disturbing to me. Where they're all weak and crippled. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, they're going to get it. Right. I guess until this point, I never realized how much the Decepticons don't even really care about each other. Like yeah. how it is, it's a very... Um, Pre-Great uh, Depression, like, uh, nobody, there's no social programs. Um, everybody just has to do their own shit, and uh, you get no help from anybody. Right. So, uh, I think for me, the iconic moment is Starscream chucking Megatron out of mm-hmm. the shuttle. It's, uh, it's what he's, he's been living for this as long as we've been watching the show. It has some of the best uh, illustrations of, the, of this particular scene. <laughs> and so, I think that for me, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Starscream finally like getting his way after so many failed attempts, so many shots to the gut from a fusion cannon... So, like, <laughs> Megatron has tried to kill this guy so, or has threatened to kill this yeah. guy so many times. And he should have probably <laughs> killed this guy. And at this moment, there it feels like... There are YouTube videos to d- dedicated to why Megatron does not get rid of Starscream. Mm-hmm. Caleb, did you give an iconic moment? He did. Did you? Yeah, yes, did. he did. Oh, <laughs> yes, you're the last. It's always that way. All right, everybody. So, next episode, mm-hmm. a couple more cons are going to throw their name into the leadership hat. Uh, we're going to maybe want to bring the Supreme Court on, in on this one because it is not a clean election process. Mm. I mean, I think we're going to see on screen a version of what Ryan just talked about. Mm-hmm. And Megatron is going to make a new friend. <laughs> That's cool. Who is it? Thank you for listening, everybody. Please continue to listen and t- get your friends to listen to the show. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, tune in. Follow us on our social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all of them at APODDCast. And visit our web presence at autopoddecepticast.com, where Ryan is our, he's kind of our postmaster. He puts on I, all the I extra, like, extra buzz. Yeah, extra, extra videos, extra, extra juice. stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you're an iTunes user, please rate and subscribe. We appreciate it. We know it helps a lot. Maybe we could search for Transformers and see if we pop see up. See if we pop up yet? Yeah, five oh, stars. It helps. Christ. I don't know why when we search for Transformers, our podcast does not come up. We need to figure this out. We're the worst at optimization at this point. Yeah. We're all like almost 40. Is that I'm why? very close to 40. Oh, uh, yeah. 
The Halloween. Corner. Halloween's right. coming up, baby. All right, thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, bye, bye. There was this, all right, so I was going to mention earlier, there's, uh, because I was talking about how, like, we were going to edit, like, you being, like, all the noises, and then you were being, like, uh, 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 and, how, and playing both together, but it reminded me there's this group, uh, there was this group in the late 60s and early 70s called the Shags, three sisters, they were young, young girls, and their parents were told by a fortune teller <laughs> that they uh, would, these that these girls would uh, start a, a music group and become like very f become famous, and and I love how much stock they put in this fortune teller's predictions because well, like all of it. It's apparently. because apparently there was two other predictions that came true. Like she gave same them, fortune teller. Yes. Okay. And so oh, they, these parents seem like they're making good decisions. And so right? yeah, so they bought the girls. Ironically, they the girls did become popular kind of in an underground sense because the the recordings. The music they made was so bizarre. They were basically forced to make music. Mm -hmm. The dad bought them instruments and like here, like the Jackson like, Five, only and not so, good. So yeah, so they record. They released one album in the late '60s and uh, became kind of an underground cult. What are they called again? They're called Shags. the Shags. But the the what's weird is is the music they make. The drummer. She doesn't match the tempo of what the girls are playing. That's amazing. But the girls, there, there is some sort of weird structure to the music. And here, like it, here, I can, I've got, I can look some up. Philosophy of the world, the shags. Yeah, it's hard to listen to. <laughs> they're Norwegian. Great. No, they're from New Haven. Oh, number three best man in history according to a Norwegian. Zappa liked them. Frank Zappa was a fan. Well, that, that makes sense. He made good movies. Ugh. The Shags. Oh my god. It just doesn't feel like it goes together. It's no. immediately like three people playing just independently of each other, not in the same location. Holy cow! So was this an artistic choice, or is it completely based on their limitations? Correct limitations. <laughs> they weren't trying to be ironic. They were they were trying to play music. And did a, they get any lessons, or did they just pick this up and just start doing it one day? It's hard to say. I think the top comment to this is: I play this song when old people say, "Back in my days, music was better." <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a song called uh, "My Friend Foot Foot." My pal, my pal Foot Foot. There it is, right there at the top. This was. This is funny. a real humdinger. Yeah, it's a real humdinger. Let's wait for it. Okay. Ooh. Getting fancy with them drum hits. <laughs> so proggy. Oh, we were almost on beat for a second. <laughs> That is upsetting.